Welcome to the Unpacking It podcast with Bryce Johnson. It's a show that unpacks sports, faith, and life with intriguing guests from the sports and entertainment world. Enjoy inspiring conversations and thought-provoking interviews. You'll hear stories from people that will inspire, challenge, and encourage you. Now, from the Unpacking It studios in Charlotte, North Carolina, uniting sports fans everywhere, here is Bryce Johnson. Welcome to the Unpacking It podcast, where we unpack sports, faith, and life. I'm Bryce Johnson. Hope you had a wonderful weekend, and if you are a sports fan, we were in for a treat all weekend long. So many great games, and and today on the show, we will focus on Sunday in the NFL, uh, just because there are so many big storylines, and I was able to lock in, for the most part, uh, for, for a majority of the day, and I'll talk a little bit about that on the show today. But I tell you what, the NBA was awesome. The game winner from Anthony Davis. I happened to catch that last night, and that was thrilling. I was watching the game upstairs and, and had to have a silent cheer because Maddie was sleeping in the other room. But uh, that was thrilling. And then Bryson DeChambeau, what a stud. Winning the U.S. Open and, and really, I mean, changing golf, at least for now. And, and I was talking to somebody at lunch today. I'm just curious how much he changes the game with other golfers on the tour, but even just other golfers in general. Will muscle guys start flocking to the uh, to the golf courses or driving range or whatever? That'll be interesting. Will some of these skinny guys, will, will Dustin Johnson come out next year? Not that he needs to, but somebody like him, skinny guys come out with the muscles. So uh, very interesting. And, and Bryson didn't just win. I mean, he ran away with it. The U.S. Open got lost a little bit because it was such a great NFL weekend, and I think I still lean toward watching the sports that that are in season. My my body clock it just isn't it's it's hard for me to embrace the U.S. Open in September. I just can't get there. Now Father's Day weekend, oh, it's awesome. I love it. Sunday with my brothers and dad watching the U.S. Open. That that's the tradition. But the final round of the U.S. Open, when, when so many NFL games are going on, it, it's tricky. But, but I know a couple of you that, that listen to the show probably love golf, and, and you, were, you, know, ha- you put it on one, one TV, had the NFL on the other, and uh, that's awesome too. So uh, I was working the, the, the red zone and the, the Panthers-Bucks game during the 1 o'clock games, and then how about that Chargers Chiefs game. So we've got so much to get into on the show today. We will wrap up the show talking about the final game of the day, which ended up being the best game of the day, Seahawks and Patriots. I wrote about that for the Unpack This devotional, and so stick around till the end, and we'll discuss that. Before we jump in, let me ask you this. Do you need to get your own health insurance? We'll go to healthmarketgenius.com dot com know your options health market genius.com support them as they support us also college football on saturday well for one we've got the big 10 coming back sounds like the pac 12 is coming back so we may have a a shortened season 
but normally games mean so much in college football. Every week there's so much weight on, on the games, especially conference games, big games. Man, they're huge. And so now we'll have a limited slate. And so I have to think these games will mean even more. And, and especially fans are going to be more locked in because those Big Ten fans have, have had to watch week after week uh, without their, their teams out there. And so uh, the momentum is gaining for them. And if you listen to this show, you know I'm an App State Mountaineer, and unfortunately, we got a little embarrassed on national TV, CBS, the 330 window, which was such a big deal, having to go up uh, against Marshall, at Marshall, to lose that game, it was a tough one. It was one of those games where we just couldn't get a break. Everything went wrong, it could go wrong, and those, those key plays that you have to get in a tight game did not go the Mountaineers' way, and so it was uh, it was hard to hard to swallow. But it was interesting. They were showing the stats for home field advantage. Marshall has one of the best home field advantages. Now, granted, it wasn't a packed stadium, but uh, they're they're one of the top ones in college football. So I guess from that standpoint, it was it was there. So we'll uh, we'll hang our hat on that. But uh, a disappointing loss, no question about it. App was ranked top twenty five. So so anyway, that was the weekend. And so let's let's talk about the big storylines in the NFL. And everybody's talking about the Cowboys and Falcons today. Even here at the office, a big Falcons fan uh, I bumped into, and he was telling me how he's ready to break up with the Falcons. 47 years, he's done. That's what happens after a, a loss like that where you allow the Cowboys back in the game. You allow a, an onside kick, which is so difficult to get in, in today's NFL I wish it happened more often because I, I love the onside kick. And, and so now that kickers are having to get a little bit more creative, it's kind of nice. So good for Dallas. They, they do this little, you know, Zerline, this little, I don't even know what you call it. It was on the ground and it spun. And it, it was kind of just dumb on Atlanta's side of things where they just didn't dive on the ball. And I have to admit, I probably wasn't thinking that either. I was thinking, Oh, no, it's going to go 10. It's, could it go 10? I was listening to Scott Hansen on the red zone, and he's thinking, no, 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 yeah. He went nuts, and, and so it was a thrilling uh, way for, for Dallas to get the ball. I, I do think it's absolutely fair to put the loss on the, 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 the coaching staff, whether it's Dan Quinn or just the coaches or even just the leadership for the Falcons. We all still have the Super Bowl on our minds when they lost to New England, and you just can't let that happen. And then to let a game like this happen, just unacceptable. And and, and when it becomes too common to where the, the Falcons are underachieving, they have talented players. They're, they have a loaded roster. And, and honestly, coming into the season, if you listen to the preview show, I, I, I was probably a little bit more aware or optimistic about what Atlanta could do this year because of the talented roster and they weren't getting as much attention as the Saints or the Bucks. and I thought well I mean you look across the board and they've got a lot of number one picks and almost at every position on offense they have a former first round pick not not their own they've, they've added players from other teams that maybe were busts on on other teams but still the talent there, the the resume for, for many of these guys to, to then put up a huge offensive day for Atlanta. And Matt Ryan, I mean, in many ways, is playing out of his mind. And we got all these receivers. Hayden Hurst had a big game. And Russell Gage continues to play well. Julio with the big drop. But this is a, a good team that 
They lost to Seattle, who we now know is one of the best teams, maybe the best team in the league. Uh, maybe their defense isn't up there yet, but they're right up there. Was, uh, nobody's knocked off the Chiefs. Let's slow down there. But Seattle's right up there. So Atlanta loses to them, and then they lose to Dallas. I think Dallas is a good team. But the way Atlanta lost, it's absolutely concerning, and I don't think you can make a move at this point to, to move on from Dan Quinn, but they've got to already be thinking about it because he's been on the hot seat the last couple of years, and so that probably sealed the deal for him. And it makes sense. From the Cowboys' perspective, is this the turning point? And I, I think it can be. Again, Dallas is as talented as any team in the league. And now you add Mike McCarthy as your as your head coach, you you change the voice in that locker room from Jason Garrett to Mike McCarthy, and maybe McCarthy played some role in being the difference in that game. It's hard to say, but they, maybe maybe it was Greg Zerline that Zerline that was the the difference, the kicker. But there, is, this could be the difference, the the turning point, the 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 light being turned on for the Cowboys, and they could the confidence they needed coming off a tough loss to the Rams in week one, which we now would believe that the Rams are legit. And so this is what happens early on in the season where we're trying to gather, okay, who's for real? Matchups matter. It's tight games. It could go either way. You hate to be too dramatic in a tight game, but when you're Atlanta and you allow the Cowboys to come back, it's it's just not acceptable. Uh, you got to hang on to the lead in that situation. And if you listen to... This week's fantasy football show, I'll talk about how the Cowboys' decision to let Dak Prescott run the ball instead of handing it off to Zeke cost me dearly. But Dak played a nice game, getting into the end zone. I think the Cowboys are going to be tough. I really do. Especially, oh man, in their division. Because I do not buy into the, the Washington team by any means. The Giants are now done, and, and the Eagles have some work to do. They, they haven't turned, turned the corner yet at all uh they're 0 and 2 and struggling but i haven't given up on them and we'll get to that a little bit more uh coming up because i'm going to let you know what teams i've i've seen enough to to say to to make declarative decisions on how good or bad those teams are and then i'll, I'll let you know which teams i feel like show me more who needs to show me more <laughs> so we'll do that in a moment but the the other big storyline of the day and unfortunately, it's going to be the biggest story all weekend and most likely all season. It is, of course, the injuries. And so I've got a couple thoughts on this. One, even talking with my, my mom this morning, who is now going to have to have knee surgery. Uh, she's been dealing with some knee pain for a long time, and now it's going to you know, go to surgery. The reality that these NFL players are dealing with major pain, major injuries, these are real people going through it because I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm listening to my mom. I know what she's been going through. I know how scary you know, surgery is and rehab and knowing what you have to go through and what are you going to be limited to do. And for these players, their whole livelihood is based on being able to physically perform. And many of these guys are in the prime of their career. When you start talking about Saquon Barkley and Christian McCaffrey, we're talking about the, the two best running backs in the league are, are now out. And, and Barkley for the year, McCaffrey, four to six weeks. The question becomes, do the Panthers even, of course, they'll bring him back if he's healthy. But you have to ask the question, is it worth it? Because the Panthers aren't going to win a lot of games this year. They're paying him, so you want him to play. And, and McCaffrey's a, a, a baller and, and wants to get out there. And, and he loves football and does not want to miss time. But, but my first thought with all of this, and, and I saw a, a tweet that, that reminded me of this too, 
that we have to think about the players first. We have to think about the, the real injuries, the real pain that they go through. And it's so easy to get caught up in our favorite team losing a key piece. You know, if you're a San Francisco 49ers fan, you're thinking, and I thought this, we got a chance at the Super Bowl. We could win the Super Bowl this year. Well, now it's a lot less likely because the division is tougher. The margin of error is, is, is smaller. And the 49ers are really banged up. They've got some depth. They're, they're a talented team. Mullins isn't bad for a backup for Garoppolo. And then Jordan Reed has a huge day filling in for George Kittle. Jarek McKinnon is, is not a bad third running back with Mostert and Tevin Coleman out. The receivers, they, they need some help anyway. But, but the 49ers, they're in trouble. And, you know, it's week two, and, and maybe they'll get some guys back in a few weeks. But you start piling on all these injuries, it could be a long season for them. And, and you lose guys like Bosa and just key defensive players, and they rely on their defense. The first part is the personal side. The second part is the, the teams. And so I think you look across the board, many of the injuries that we've heard so far are on teams that, you know, the Giants, they weren't going to make the playoffs. The Panthers, not going to make the playoffs. The Denver Broncos, Cortland Sutton, Drew Locke, I don't think they were going to make the playoffs. Tyrod Taylor with, with the Chargers, we're still waiting to see how, how severe that situation is. And we'll, we'll pause for a moment on injuries and talk about uh, their situation with Herbert coming in. That was a, a crazy circumstance to have a rookie quarterback be thrown into the fire at the last minute to say, hey, you're in. Hey, Rook, you're in. Well, what do you mean, what do you mean I'm in? Uh, yeah, T- Tyrod Taylor's not playing today. Well, okay, all right, let's go. So, and then to throw for over 300 yards against the Super Bowl champs, the Chiefs, in a game that goes to overtime where you could have actually won the game. You had a great chance to win that game in a low-scoring game. Your defense gave you a chance, and, and Herbert was tough. He took some big hits, looked very impressive. Now we have to pump the brakes because if a defense doesn't prepare for you or plan for you, you, you have an advantage. And, and he took advantage of that, of that edge. And so the Chiefs are probably thinking, wait, 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 we were, we were all ready for Taylor. Who's this guy? This rookie, are you kidding me? I thought the Chargers were going to wait on him. We might get him later in the season. And so... You know, good good for the Chargers to make the most of that that circumstance. And again, you feel for Taylor because he most likely lost his job. I mean, maybe Herbert just looked great because the the Chiefs were caught off guard. But I think we saw enough to say we want to see more. And I'm sure the coaches felt the same way. And and it was Taylor's job going in, and the poor guy lost a job in Cleveland and and Buffalo and. He's a very solid quarterback. I think you can win some games. I think he can keep you in some games, but he hasn't proven to be a franchise quarterback where you give him the reins, and maybe Herbert could be that guy. They drafted him with, with that expectation. What a wild game, though, and what a what an amazing performance. And early in the game, that hit he took where he bounced right back up, that has to motivate your team. And, and if you're a fan of the Chargers, you're feeling good, and, and your teammates thinking, all right, let's roll with this guy. That's pretty good. So again, injuries with Taylor, and I don't, I don't find there to be a lot of teams yet that we, ex- other than the 49ers, you know, the Chiefs are still healthy. The the, the Seahawks, uh, you know, they they showed even they lost a couple guys. Uh, well, one guy got ejected in that game. They were still able to hang on to the win. They're loaded with receivers and running backs, so they got a really deep team. And then you know the the Rams came out of the weekend. They're still loaded and healthy. 
Um, the Ravens are healthy. The Steelers, uh, James Conner bounced back, and, and so they're still healthy. Even though the Titans have been a little banged up, but nothing severe or season-ending yet for them. So they're still in the mix. The Bills are still healthy. So I would say that, that we've seen big-name players injured, but until we see the, the, the quarterbacks, you know, Drew Locke is, is trying to prove himself, young quarterback. He's supposed to be back this season. But, but again, the Broncos weren't a favorite to win. So I think overall it's disappointing for the individuals and some of these up-and-coming teams that were trying to build and grow and you lose a key player. It's, it's devastating. But as far as the NFL season still being intact, at least for now, and it's only week two, and, and the scary part is if this trend continues and, and how many weeks does this, this continue, kind of the ramifications of not having a proper training camp, the preseason, easing into the year, which I talked about a few episodes ago. I, I'm in favor of easing into the season. We didn't see that this year, and is that why we're seeing the injuries? It would make sense that that's the case. How, how, how well did guys take care of their bodies in the offseason, stuck at home, COVID, all that kind of thing. Um, you know, routines were different. Some of the accountability maybe wasn't there. I, I don't know. There's a lot of factors. It's hard to pinpoint. You know, a torn ACL a lot of times can just happen. It's, it's a fluke incident. It's how you get hit. It's a rough game. Guys tackle hard, and, and, and it happens. Other times, ACLs, it happens with a non-contact. Um, so it, a lot of question marks surrounding all of that. But, but at, here we are as NFL fans you know, wondering, oh, no, what, you know, what happens to the season? And for the Panthers, as a Panthers fan, I mean, McCaffrey gave us a reason to tune in every week, even in losses. It was like, well, at least we get to see one of the best players in the league play. So now he's on the sideline. Mike Davis, oh, my goodness, a, a nice backup running back. But to go from McCaffrey to him, nothing personal to Mike Davis, but he's not an electric player. He's not a dynamic player. He's a good, solid running back and probably can get you – might even be able to average four yards a carry, 3.5 a carry or something like that, but he's not going to break off one for 20, 30 yards. He's not going to catch it out of the backfield the way McCaffrey does on a consistent basis. The Panthers were already going to have a tough time winning games, and, and now you, you throw in that wrench, at least for the next four to six weeks, um, and then how, you know, how much of a hold do the Panthers get into? So it, it is concerning that the trend continues, but as of now, I am encouraged. Lamar Jackson's still healthy. Mahomes is still healthy. Deshaun Watson, Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, Cam Newton, all those guys are still out there. It gives us a reason to, to watch the top teams. And I think that's the storyline we have to cling to, that this year we've got some really intriguing top teams led by amazing quarterbacks and, and amazing quarterback performances. To see Big Ben back in Pittsburgh, to see Ryan Tannehill take another step and, and, and to show, hey, I'm for real. I mean, this guy dating back to last you know, season, midway through the year when he took over, the guy's been unbelievable, yet we still won't give him the credit because we think about him with the Miami Dolphins. And I think there's something, too, uh, with, with Allen in, in Buffalo where we're just not, we're not willing to go all in on him. And, but he continues to put up, ridiculous numbers for the Buffalo Bills. Now, it's nice they've started off with the Jets and the Dolphins, but pretty impressive that the Buffalo Bills have started off 2-0, and, and Josh Allen has continued to improve. He's making the most of Stephon Diggs and that free agent uh, addition. 
and I'm still holding out hope that Devin Singletary uh, emerges emerges as the key running back in that backfield. But him and Zach Moss have been, have been involved. Josh Allen, Ryan Tannehill, for some reason they remind they remind me of each other, and and they're both right up there as far as playing elite football at the quarterback position through two weeks. And so we're seeing a lot of good teams right now. And some of those teams are on the verge of being great as the season goes on. And, and then the great teams that we knew last year, the Ravens and the Chiefs, are back, which is nice. The Packers, they, they were great last year. They lost in the NFC Championship game. They're back, and they're even better. And I would say the, the Ravens are better, too. I think the Ravens already look better, um, which, is, which is crazy. But... Um, so I, I'm still excited. I mean, I thought yesterday's games were really entertaining. I, I, I'm loving the NFL. You know, we, we wanted this. We waited for this. And, and so we're, we're in good shape through two weeks. So uh, the one other storyline I want to talk about, the, the Bucks panthers game, of course, everybody keeping an eye on Tom Brady. And, and, and I've, I've been the, the naysayer. I've been negative about the Bucks and... Yesterday, I still don't get the chemistry. I'm I'm not there yet. I still think they there there's a they're not they haven't arrived by any means. They won the game. Leonard Fournette was the key for their success yesterday, and the fact that they were able to get him for free from Jacksonville is pretty incredible. And and Fournette showed, hey, I'm a I'm one of the better running backs in the league. Maybe I'm inconsistent. Maybe I can be annoying. Maybe I was stuck in Jacksonville. And and even though me Bryce, I don't I'm not a fan of him, but uh, of his. But he was good yesterday, and and if they can get that kind of production out of him, they're going to be in good shape. Now they didn't have Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, and Tom Brady had tremendous chemistry. They looked great. Uh, Scotty Miller had a nice game, but but Brady, I, I keep going back to it. I mean, he's 43, so you can't depend on him to to play like Russell Wilson, and and I, I or even. Dak Prescott, I mean, these guys are, I, think, I just think there are so many better quarterbacks right now than Tom Brady, and those are the teams we'll see at the end. You know, of course, Mahomes and Lamar Jackson, and you know, those are just some of the names. I mean, even Matt Ryan. I mean, Tom Brady is middle of the pack, even though he had a, he had a nice game yesterday. He did. He threw some touchdowns and held on for the win. But guys, the Panthers defense, I'm a Panthers fan. It's not very good. And Kwan Short, the key defensive tackle, didn't even play yesterday. So and, and the Panthers were in that game. They had a chance. They played very well, considering. So I, I'm not willing to jump all over the, the Bucks to think they've got it all figured out. But at the same time, we can be patient with them. It's a new quarterback, you know, new pieces, trying to get everybody on the same page. I, I just don't think that they're they're there yet. And I'm not willing to say, oh, look out for the Bucks going to the Super Bowl. I, I don't think so. But if the Falcons can't win, it, it's all about the Saints. Depending on what the Saints do this year, and as of this recording, I'm not high on the Saints. We'll see how they do against the Raiders. But if the Saints fall back and Atlanta's kind of a mess, even though they look awesome on offense, they just find a way to lose, then the Bucks can sneak in there. They'll make the playoffs. And once you get Brady in the playoffs, anything can happen. Um, but I'm going to continue to be just a little more hesitant about the Bucks, whereas some people are already jumping on the bandwagon. So, all right, real quickly, here are some teams that I've seen enough to, to buy into. So I mentioned the Packers, the Ravens, the Steelers. They got so many weapons. Ben Roethlisberger is going to have a field day this year. 
James Conner being healthy. You throw in Benny Snell. The defense is incredible. I mean, the defense is awesome. They're going to be really tough. So they'll, they'll give the Steelers a chance every week. And the Steelers' defense was good last year. That's why they were able to, well, they finished 8-8, eight and eight, uh, even without Roethlisberger. And I think Roethlisberger gets you two to three more wins this year. And if they can stay healthy, of course, across the board. Uh, I mentioned the Titans. I mean, the Titans being without A.J. Brown, their stud wide receiver, John U. Smith stepped up. Corey Davis stepped up. Adam Humphrey stepped up. And Ryan Tannehill gets the ball to all these different guys and plays great. Uh, I've seen enough for, for the Titans. Uh, I think I've seen enough of the, for the Bills, too, that they're going to be in the mix all year long, that, that Josh Allen is, is legit, at least against the Jets and the Dolphins. But, but from a talent standpoint, he's, he's showing it. And they've got, they've got so many pieces on offense that fit well together uh, that they're, you know, they've got Stephon Diggs in the mix right away. I think that says a lot. So they don't have to wait. Oh, man, we got this big free agent signing. Because sometimes wide receivers, I'm hesitant about. But in Arizona, with DeAndre Hopkins, instant connection. And now with Stephon Diggs and Josh Allen, instant connection. All right. Uh, the Rams as well. We, we forgot about the Rams. We, we wrote them off. They had a down year. But Sean McVay is a legit coach. And I'm not willing to say that Jared Goff is an elite quarterback. But he's already shown he's productive. And through first the first two weeks, he has proven to be very effective. And I was wrong about Tyler Higby. Gosh, that's a, that's a weapon at tight end. Robert Woods, always consistent. It doesn't matter who they've got at running back. They're, they're getting something out of them so far through two games, whether it's Brown or Henderson and even Akers getting injured. They're running the ball well. It's opening everything up. The defense, are you kidding me? Aaron Donald as, as, a, as a, a pass rusher and then Jalen Ramsey. I mean, those two guys together on a defense, that's, that's potent. So they're, they're for real. And, and I've seen enough to, to think that they're going to be in the mix for the rest of the way. Now, some teams that I'm, I'm still not ready to write off, the Vikings, the Eagles, the Colts, and the Texans. Because I, I love Deshaun Watson. They've played two really good teams. They played the Ravens and the Chiefs. So l- let's see what they do just against normal teams the rest of the way, right? They don't have to play those two types of teams every week. So I think the Texans can still bounce back. But at the same time, it's frustrating that they, they don't give more for Watson to, to be able to at least beat maybe one of the Ravens or the Chiefs. But they're a distant third in that category. Um, and then the Colts, nice bounce-back game. I am on their bandwagon. I was heading into the season. Um, and so Jonathan Taylor's the real deal, and I think the Colts are going to be tough. Uh, but I'm not. they haven't shown enough yet to say they're – you know, that, that first week against the Jags, we gotta give our we gotta give ourselves a few weeks to get that kind of rubbed off. Even though the Jags looked okay yesterday, the Colts needed to beat the Jags week one to have true confidence in them. Eagles 0 and two. Uh can they figure things out? Now they lost to the Rams and, and the Rams I think are legit. So let's see the Eagles and their opportunity to beat up on the Giants and, and some of their other the other teams on their schedule uh moving forward with some some getting some of their guys healthy and they got to protect Carson Wentz and and Wentz has to uh, Doug Peterson talked about it he's got to remain aggressive he he's got to continue with the confidence and listening to his press conference afterward he sounded okay so uh the Eagles need some some help though they got to they got to get it together uh, and then the Vikings I don't know what's going on in Minnesota I, I I don't I don't get it um 
Zimmer's probably on the hot seat a little bit, but I'm not willing to totally write them off because they still have Cook in the backfield. They've got Thielen to throw to. Cousins is who he is, but if they're going to need more out of him, then he's got to step it up. So anyway, those are a few feelings on those teams. Browns, let's see what they do against somebody not named the Cincinnati Bengals. Even though I was impressed with the Bengals on Thursday night. Burrow's better than I thought. That was, uh, that was impressive. But speaking of impressive national audience performances, the, uh, the spotlight on them last night, Sunday night football. What a way to end the weekend. Are you kidding me? Seahawks, Patriots, Russell Wilson, Cam Newton. Those two are kind of linked together, which is, which is cool. Uh, similar age. And, and so I, I thought the Patriots played great. That game could have gone either way. Seattle being at home, even though they didn't have their, their big crowd like normal. Uh, 12th man and the impact that they have. But still, it, very impressive on both sides. But Russell Wilson stole the show. And, and so I, I wrote about him today. And for the Unpack This devotional, if you haven't subscribed to the devotional, check it out, unpackingit.com, and you can sign up to receive uh, a thought each day. It's a, a thought about sports, faith, and life, and I take a current sports story related to the Bible, related to our own lives. And, and so as far as the game goes, the New England Patriots have gone all in on Cam Newton and, and playing to his strengths, and the fact that they've been able to protect him, and he has time to see the field and and make plays, it, it's so different because the, the offensive line in Carolina, in many ways, beat him up, and and that's part of the reason he was injured so much. And I don't think the coaches they tried to turn him into a pocket passer at times, and the offense changed a few different times, different coordinators, and and so we saw glimpses of what Cam could do. We we saw that we knew how great he could be, and I think New England learned from all of that. They saw enough on film to say, hey, here is what makes Cam great. Here's where he can really thrive. And Cam's doing that through two weeks. And part of that is he's a great goal line runner. Now, last night, he scored a touchdown, running it in. And then, of course, on the final play, he was stopped. And I give the credit to Seattle's defense. I mean, they, they kind of knew it was coming. And so they got the, the, the stop. But I love the play call. Give the ball to Cam in that situation. More times than not, he's going to make a play. And it just it just wasn't well executed. It wasn't really well blocked. But it was also very well defended, anticipated. And he almost should have faked to go one way and gone the other way. That probably would have been maybe a little bit better in that scenario. But uh, either way, hey, came down on the wire. They had a chance to win. They didn't do it. But New England's doing the right thing. And... I like the direction that they're heading with Cam. But it's all about Seattle today. It's all about Russell Wilson cementing himself as the quarterback playing the best right now, the complete game. Of course, Jackson, Mahomes, Watson, all those guys are in the mix. I still like Dak Prescott. He doesn't get as much love. Dak is kind of like Russell Wilson, let's face it. Just doesn't get a lot of attention or a lot of – he just doesn't get the respect. And that's kind of what – the story has been with Russell Wilson, and now he's finally getting more of that respect. And so, you know, yesterday, some of the stats, fourth player in NFL history to throw at least four touchdown passes in each of his first two games. Um, it was the first time since 2009 that the Patriots' defense allowed five passing touchdowns. The last guy to do that was Drew Brees. 
And and then Wilson, he, he's been completing 82.5% of his passes, which is the highest in NFL history for a quarterback attempting at least 40 passes through two games of a season. And so an incredible performance last night, first, uh, first game against Atlanta. So he's lighting it up. But what's so interesting, and this is what I wrote about, is how the, the Seahawks have changed their strategy and philosophy a little bit to where they're allowing Russ because now it's let Russ cook, let him. I, I hate when people call people by their like, like for me to call him Russ. I don't know him. He's Russell Wilson, so I apologize. But anyway, fans are fans like to call him Russ. You know, we like to be cute. We like to call call people uh, by their nicknames. But uh, <laughs> I like it. let me get to know somebody before I start calling them by their their nickname. I'm gonna call you by your real name until uh, until I get to know you. But anyway, they they let Russ. Uh, throw the ball more in the first half, whereas normally it's been run heavy, establish the run, which isn't necessarily a bad philosophy. But when you realize that you've got a quarterback like Russell Wilson that can throw at such a high percentage is so effective and he has so many weapons and you, you add a guy like DK Metcalf, let him throw the ball, unleash Russell Wilson. And so that's what they've done. They the, the the fans started this this you know little uh, social media hashtag let Russ cook and so that's what Seattle has done through through the first two games. How does this relate to our own lives? Well, as followers of Jesus, when when we receive salvation and 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 we surrender our lives to Jesus, we are then given the Holy Spirit that lives within us. It's supernatural. It's hard to explain, but but when we, you know, when our eyes are open to the, the the truth and our lives are changed, that the Holy Spirit comes within us. It's God's Spirit in us, and and we now have the ability to rely on the Spirit within us, the Spirit that leads us, guides us, convicts us, shows us the the, the truth, shows us which, which way to go. That's the power that we have within us. What ends up happening, though, is we're like the Seahawks to where we're, uh, we're relying on the, the, the run game. We're not relying on the, the, the spirit within us. So we're relying on the run game, meaning we're holding ourselves back. We're, we're, we're holding the spirit back from being fully alive in our lives because we'll either you know, just live in our own strength or you know, sometimes trust the Lord and, and sometimes listen to the spirit and sometimes be spirit-led, but we're, we're not unleashing the spirit in our lives because there's a difference between being truly you know, spirit-led and, and in tune with the spirit within us and, and listening to you know, that, that voice and, and trusting God fully. And, and so the, the, the parallel is the, the Seahawks just didn't fully trust Russell Wilson to just say, go. Just, you know, you, you, you've got the ability, go. And so for us, we have to let the Spirit cook. You know, we have to rely on the Spirit. We have to tap into all that is available to us because each day we choose who we give the ball to and whether or not we yield to the Spirit or we yield to our sinful nature. And in this example, it's running the ball. So we either yield to the, 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 the quarterback and the ability that, that's within us or we, we yield to the sinful nature. And so the, the Bible says, uh, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. 
And so, you know, too often we limit ourselves when, when we disregard the Spirit's promptings and we subdue what the Spirit is wanting to do through us. And so if we want to thrive, we need to be Spirit-led. And, and here are a few verses to remember as well. It says, do not quench. In the Amplified Version, it says, do not quench or subdue or be unresponsive to the working and guidance of the Holy Spirit. And then it also says in Ephesians, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. We know that we're a child of God because the Spirit is within us, and we can sense that Spirit and know that it's, it's available to us. And so we just have to, to yield, to unleash it, to ignite it, and, and to, to ask, ask God to um, you know, show us ways that, that we're, we're, we're holding back um, from, from truly living that Spirit-filled life. And so today, let's learn from the Seahawks, who are no longer stuck in their run-heavy offense, but rather fully embracing the quarterback's ability that's been available to them all along. And so thankfully, we don't have to be stuck in our old ways. We've been given a very powerful spirit that is available within us. So let's hand over the reins and let the spirit cook. So I'm Bryce Johnson. You can unpack that. We will end it right there. What an awesome weekend in the NFL. And I was going to go off and do a What's Boiling Bryce, but I'm not going to go there. I had a heck of a time with my, uh, my Wi-Fi and streaming games yesterday. It was tough. But I got through it. I saw the key moments and, uh, and enjoyed a wonderful weekend of sports. My Lakers won. Let's go Lakers. Huge Anthony Davis finish and uh the nba playoffs are, are fascinating but it's just it's tough to watch in september it's just weird doesn't seem right it's football season college football we get even more of that coming up in the next few weeks which is awesome sec coming back so have a wonderful week thanks for listening today be looking out for some more guest podcasts as well as the fantasy football fellowship podcast i hope you're listening to that we'd love to know your feedback on that as well but as always you can send me an email bryce at unpacking it Dot com. I am Bryce Johnson. I'm a sports fan who follows Jesus. I believe in the good news that he died on the cross for my sin. He was resurrected, and through faith, I have been saved by his grace. I hope that is true for you as well, and I hope you'll join me as we live life as sports fans who follow Jesus together. We'll talk to you next time right here on the Unpacking It podcast. For more information about the show, our events, and other resources, visit unpackingit.com. That's U-N-P-A-C-K-I-N-I-T.com. We hope you are encouraged, inspired, and challenged by what you heard today. To support our show and Unpacking It Ministries with a financial gift, visit unpackingit.com slash donate. We look forward to unpacking sports, faith, and life with you again next week.